Hey, what's everybody? What's up, everybody? They already messed it up already, man. <laughs> I'm Jeff. That's Walker. Uh, this is Jeff D Sports, and this is uh, College Football Week Eight: Winners and Losers. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Walker, thanks for being here, man. Uh, first of all, like I can't believe we're through eight weeks of college football already. It makes me makes me kind of sad. Yeah, it is. I mean, you've got four weeks, or we've got a month of regular season football left, and uh, <sighs> then we and then you have to do like the gap where there's going to be football, college football on, but it's like you have to really love the sport to watch Eastern Michigan play Central Michigan in a bowl game or something like that. <laughs> so. That's kind of where we're getting to. Like, I mean, we've got a month left of football, so embrace it and enjoy it. Because after that, then uh, it's going to be a long wait until we get back to this point. Well, that's funny you bring that up. And I kept telling everybody, like, through this season, this has been a really good season. Like, I think it's been a really good college football season so far. And these these actual, like, regular season games, to me, have replaced the bowl games. Because, just like you said, I used to – used to watch every bowl game and you get up for them. And now like I look forward, I look more forward to like, I'm looking, I'm looking to this Tennessee Georgia game more than I am. Like the Rose bowl is what I'm getting at. And, right. you know, um, all the early season stuff, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio state at the beginning of the season, all these little things. Like I'm looking, I'm looking forward to those way more than I am the bowl games now out, you know, outside of the playoffs. So, you know, it's a good point. So yeah, it's going quick. Um, but overall, overall, it's been a good season and overall, like the top, I don't know, the top 15 teams are really good. Um, what, yeah. do, what, what do you think about the season? We'll just, we'll just kind of reboot here. What do you think about the season to date? Where, how do you feel about it? I'll say this. Too, I'm kind of catching season. you off guard with it. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah. Uh, I'll say this about the season moving quick and slow or whatever else. Like I think it'll slow down some when we get to, when we get the conferences expanded. Cause I think that we're a lot of these like cupcake games are going to go away. Like, I don't think like, because I think that's part of what makes the season go by for schools like Ole Miss and Ohio state is you're an sec and a big 10 school. And you really only have like eight games on the schedule right now where you're going to like actually, you yeah. know, play someone who matters. And like in <laughs> Ole Miss's case, like one of your, one of your SEC games is Vanderbilt. So really you don't even have eight. Yeah. And so I think that when you have so few games right now that like matter to your individual team in terms of like where the end goal is and like when you go in and the results already almost determined, it almost makes it go faster because you're less inclined to watch. And so like I still watch yeah. every minute of Ole Miss Vanderbilt or Ole Miss Central Arkansas because I'm a sicko. But <laughs> You know, I think that for the casual fan, that's what makes it go so fast. But um, that's a good point. Yeah, for this season, I just like the, I like the fact that we have some of the in between, like the, the ten to twenty, like in the if you ranked every program from a brand standpoint, a lot of the ten to twenty five teams are really really good this year. Like, I mean, Oklahoma yeah. State's awesome again. You know, TCU's really good, really good this year. Uh, this has been good up to this point. Um, UCLA is really good. Oregon's really good. So I just think, you know, outside of the Blue Bloods, there's a lot of teams that are really good, and it's going to make for really compelling actual bowl matchups, which I think will make bowls more intriguing than they usually are, just because, like, you know, in the Alamo Bowl, you get 
Oregon, Oklahoma State or Oregon, Texas or something like that. Like that's a game where people are like, oh, those are two massive brands going head to head on an eight o'clock at night on a Wednesday. Like I'm going to watch that. Like that makes sense. So, yeah, I think think it's watchable. I think it's been watchable from that standpoint. I think it's been extremely good. Like I was surprised, you know, Saturday I was I was lucky enough Saturday. Things just worked out that I was able to watch a lot of football and I'm like, these games are surprisingly good. There's um, these te- these teams are surprisingly good. Like if you really like, you know, just like I, I'm like you. Like I really like watch the games. I'm not judging anybody that doesn't. You got shit to do. So like you just look at the scoreboard and you're like ah. But you really watch the games. Like there's a lot of good teams out there. There's a you know like Texas is a good team that has three losses. Yeah. <laughs> like they're yeah, they're yeah, a. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's signing up to play them, and yet they also have three losses. Um, you know, like you know, you're a fan of Ole Miss. They took a, you know, a tough loss. They've got one loss. Um, I complain about Ohio State. Everything's still yeah. in front of them. Yeah, I, I complain about Ohio State winning by 44. But like, if you really watch the game, there's there's things there to complain about. Like if yeah. you if you you know, outside of like the margin of victory. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. Uh, so. F- so far, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, I'm excited about the, you know, what's left in the season. So we'll, we'll jump into the, uh, the winners and losers here. I mean, that's kind of what this show is all about. So, um, let, let's talk about some of your winners from, from week eight. All right. So I'll start here and this one's going to take a little bit of nuance. And once I explain it, it's kind of obvious, but I, I, this, these, these are my favorite ones. I'm going to start with South Carolina. You and yes, okay. you beat a Texas A you beat a Texas A and M team that's now three and four overall. They've been a massive disappointment. But I think the important thing for South Carolina is like these are the types of games that you win when you're building something special. And I think if you watch what Shane Beamer's doing now, it's kind of about knocking down doors. They've lost like six straight to Kentucky two weeks ago. They go to Lexington and they win that game, and it's not even really particularly close. You come home and you have the bye week. And you sell out. You sell out that A and M game that week of the or the bye week. And so then you come in, and it's okay. We're now playing Texas A and M at home, a team that we're zero and eight against. And if I remember right, their last trip to Columbia beat beat South Carolina forty nine to three. So you're hosting a team that you have never beaten in your school's history. You've already broken down the door of the whole Kentucky thing that's been haunting your program, and it's been the reason you can't compete in the East. Now you've got to beat another SEC team and knock down that door in order to advance program. And it only did they do it again, but they won the coin toss, took the ball and returned the opening kick for a touchdown and just sent that place into an absolute madhouse with 14 minutes and 50 seconds left in the first quarter. And that type of stuff to me, like it's, it's hard not, it's hard not to be romantic about that type of stuff. Cause it's so cool to watch it live on TV. And like, for me, like I had split screen between um, TCU, Kansas state and South Carolina and M and like South Carolina returns the opening kick for a touchdown, then forces a fumble and kicks a field goal. And then A&M comes back on the field and you intercept an out route and you run it back to the five yard line and punch in a touchdown. And with like 10 minutes left in the first quarter, you're up 17 to nothing. And like, that's just the type of stuff that builds momentum it carries yeah. from one week to the next because you're doing things that the program hasn't done before. And that's how you eventually become a upper echelon program in college football. So props to South Carolina for continuing to knock down doors uh, and continuing to build. I like, I'm a big Beamer ball fan. Like all jokes aside, like I love Shane Beamer. I believe in what he's building. Uh, 
And sometimes the, you know, you watch a head coach coach and then you watch kind of the videos after the game and head coaches have that indescribable factor that you can just tell really, really good. He's got it. He's got it in spit. He's got it overwhelmingly. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree with that. You know, I, you know, obviously I watch his, um, you know, I watch his dad, like, you know, the, the journey, you know, at Virginia tech was, was, I can remember, I think it was, I want to say it was 92. Four could have been 95. I think it was 94 when they uh, beat Miami. And it's hard to describe now what, you know, what that was like, but it's everything that you're saying. It's like they, they put their foot in the door, but then they never let up. Virginia Tech was great, you know, for 20, 25 years in a row. But it, at some point you have to like take that step. And when you want to talk about coaches, uh, a team that I had on my one of my biggest winners is Oregon. And not only did they play great, they played efficient. Uh, Bo, Bo Nix has been, you know, one of the best players in the nation for a month now, uh, which is pretty cool to see. Um, I'm gonna, I got some stuff to say about the transfer portal later, <laughs> and what we learn. But also, what you said about head coaches, um, you know, game day was there, so you got a lot of insight. You got to interview with uh, Lanning, uh, the first year head coach there at uh, Oregon, and I'm like, all I could take away from it was like. I can't. I, I think every kid in the country should want to play for this guy. Like he's yeah. he he checks every box that a college you know football head coach would have. Not only does he have the the game plan, the scheme, but he's also just got the attitude, the charisma. Like he feels like a guy that will walk into a living room and get a kid to 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 come to his program. So so just to piggyback on what you said about the great head coaches are just different. That, yeah, that's why Oregon is on my list of winners this week. I thought the the the, the entire package. I think they got themselves back into. I said this. I think I think they've jumped Clemson in my mind. I, I think that they've jumped Clemson. If they if they both went out, I think Oregon's jumped Clemson in my mind. And I think their their head coach is an absolute rock star, and that they're in good shape for the next ten years. We judged we judged them so fast for how they performed in Atlanta yeah. in week one. And all they did was turn around after that and just get and they just get better every week. And yes. the top ten teams come to your building for your next really big tests and like you really kind of just dominate the game from the word go. Oh yeah. And just and so they're just winning. Like we, we judged them for matching up against what is a current superpower in the sport, and that <laughs> yeah. was not fair. I mean, you can only play who's in front of you. I get it. So we have to judge you based on what you do in week one. But we haven't given them enough credit for basically just turning around and doing nothing but win after the fact. Well, and and that's what and that's what I said. Like schedule is so big in college football. If if Oregon plays almost anybody else week one, they don't lose. And right now we're talking about they're you know they're a playoff team, but they play Georgia, <laughs> so right. um, that that and it yeah, is what it is. Exactly. But I think that's gonna, I think that's kind of been erased. I think it's gonna be forgiven, and I, I like I I was completely wrong. I think they've overtaken USC for the pack you know the Pac twelve you know playoff yeah. team. And, and we'll in see. My opinion. We'll see. Yeah, and we'll see how they handle like. They've got to play Utah, and they get it. Yeah. And so, like, that's obviously an advantage. But um, we'll see how they handle kind of like the physical tests. Like, in, and they got smacked directly. Compare <laughs> yeah, kind of like smack. They got smacked two weeks yeah. in a row last year by Utah. So, um, but as of now, yep. yeah, uh, they're 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 riding high. So, what what other winners you got? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So TCU again, TCU oh, again, How the cardiac frog, cardiac frogs. Just this is now two consecutive weeks. And this speaks to coaches. They should change their name to the they cardiac the frogs. Cause that's pretty cool. Absolutely. They went in the locker room and down, I guess it was down 14 ish at halftime against Oklahoma state made adjustments and found a way to come back and win a football game. And this week, you know, you, you really honestly saw it starting late second quarter because Kansas State just the offense completely died. Like like TCU found something defensively and it was like we can do this and it's going to work. So then they they do it. They knock the uh, they knock that knock the Howard kid out of the game. He came back later and then in the second half they force you know a multitude of turnovers. The run game got going. Uh, a sold out Carter Stadium got rocking and from that point you knew once TCU cut it to like 28-24 or whatever, yeah, 28-24, you were like, oh, they're like they're fixing to do this. Like, there's just so much time left. And they came out of the locker room, took the ball to start the second half, and went on like a seven-and-a-half-minute drive and threw like two passes. And it was like, oh, they're imposing their will. Like, they're, they came out of the locker room ready to roll. And they just – it's exactly what they did. They did what good teams do, which is find a way to win. Um, and now they get to a lighter part of the schedule. Yeah. Which, to be honest, in that conference right now, there's no light part of the schedule, but you would rather play the West Virginias and the Texas Techs than you would Baylor's and the Texases. So if we you get those two. If, yeah, that's funny you say that because I'm going to piggyback on it again. So on my list, not only did you, know, you had TCU, but I just had the Big 12. Oklahoma State you know, rebounded from the loss last week. They're a good, good team. They outlasted Texas. Um, you know, yours just – Plain and simple, didn't have a great game, but I, yeah. I this kid is this kid is basically six months out of where he should have graduated high school. So like he's he's fine. Like Texas is in good shape, but Oklahoma State rebounded. They didn't lose two in a row. They won that game at the same time. Like you said, everything you said about TCU. Um, I thought the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve looked good Saturday. And if you're if you're watching like again, if you're watching Clemson and Syracuse, not that that wasn't a good game, but I don't think I think the Big 12 as a conference has kind of like put their foothold in as, you know, the the probably the third best conference, fourth best. I, I think honestly, they're better than the Big 10 right now. Like if we're if we're being completely yeah, honest, they, just, so. they don't have the they don't have the team like Ohio State that I think can go right. They don't. Right. But at TCU, like not that. They don't have the brand, but they're undefeated. They're really good, and I th- I think that the big twelve. Also, do you know how hard it is to get up. You know how hard it is to get up for a rivalry game, followed by four consecutive ranked opponents, and win all five. Yeah. Right, like that's that's an incredibly difficult thing to do. Like the people yep. don't people don't understand how hard it is to go undefeated in this sport. And so when oh you get goodness. up and you have to, and you take so you take your head coach who just left your in town, not even in state, like in the same city, left your rival within the city. You have to go back over and play at SMU in front of a sold out crowd and a hugely emotional game for everyone involved. And then you have to play four ranked opponents after that. Yeah. One of which was on the road in front of their first sellout in like a bazillion years. And game day was on campus and you still find a way to win. Like it's yeah. so hard to continue to get up after for emotional game and emotional game and emotional game. And they keep doing yeah. it. Every single week, at some point, they get the benefit of the doubt. 
No, no, I, I, and I totally agree. That's why I said, like, after when, when the, when the day was over and just like watching the games, I was like, I felt really good about where the Big Twelve's at, as opposed to, as opposed to like the, like the Big Ten this year has been like, oh my goodness, like there's two good teams and everybody else is just trying to figure out a way to, you know, survive. Penn State's living on name brand, if we're being honest. Not that they're not a good team, but they're, they're essentially just. Fine. just yeah, they're 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 fine, but then they they have the they have they have that brand, you know. Like you you've said it yeah. time and time again, they got the helmet. They've got the helmet, yeah. which is a huge advantage. But um, uh, so I'm I'm feeling good about where the big uh, Big Twelve's at right now. You got any other winners? Um, this is gonna sound weird given that they lost, but all, like in a small way, kind of Syracuse because I think like there's some okay. like you can like legitimize them a little bit. And yeah. I think that like coming in, we all expected them to roll over in Death Valley because they hadn't really played anybody and just kind of get beat and drummed. But they were dominant on the line for a half. Um, they did a lot of good things on both sides. You know, it was just a, it was a program that <clears throat> has no experience in primetime and are in the big spotlight, if you get what I'm saying. And they just kind of, for lack of a better way, they kind of just pissed down their leg. But, you know, I still thought it was a win for them from a branding standpoint. Now, what will be interesting from a test for, as a, from a test standpoint for them is do they lose the Clemson game twice and come home and lose to Notre Dame just because like, of the emotion right. of like, blowing that? If, if they can rebound, and because we've said it on this show, you've said it on your show, I've said it on my show, if if you beat Notre Dame for some reason, it means so much more. And if they can rebound and be in a Notre Dame team that's playing decent right now, like they're playing, they're they're an, they're an all right team right now. Um, yeah, if they can rebound and beat them, then that then they uh, they 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 recoup all of that momentum that they had going into that. I think that's that's a very good point. And honestly, they're they should <laughs> like they're they're a, they're yeah. a better team than Notre Dame. So I I hope they. I would hate to see them lose two in a row. Everybody's going to dismiss it, and that was a lot of orange on the field. That was a weird looking game. It was. It was kind of kind of tough to watch. It was because you didn't know who was the home team and who was yeah, the away it was team. It was weird. But it is one of the rare contests where I came out and I put the team who lost the game on my winners list and the team who won the game on my losers list. Okay, that's fair. Um, I also have the team that won the game on my losers list, so I get it. the only other um, uh, the only other winner I had. This was nothing personal. I thought LSU uh, with that win over what I think is a good Ole Miss team, and the fact that LSU has, however it turns out, we don't know, but they've they've they're still in position to actually win um, the SEC. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they had they had to have that victory. They're getting better. Um, I I um, I really like I really like their quarterback a lot. Um, I'm glad he I'm glad he transferred. Which again, I'm going to talk about when you know what we learned this weekend. So I thought that was a. So I guess I'm I'm giving because I thought so much of Ole Miss. I'm giving LSU the credit for beating them. Not like. You know what I mean? Not not the other way around, and they put themselves in position to still still win the SEC. So I thought I thought that was a, a good weekend for LSU um, overall. As much as I hate to say it, because yeah, no, um, you're, you're I want Brian Kelly to lose every game he ever coaches. He is he is absolutely one of the most underrated coaches. Of he's, the country, 
He's so good. He's the, but he's also like the. He's oh, so he's easy. To I'm not a fan at all, but he's. Oh I mean, God. we do this thing where he made the playoff and got blown out a bunch at Notre Dame, but I don't think people who like. I think I don't think people who really, or people don't really understand how hard it is to win at Notre Dame. Like oh, he basically lose. didn't lose. <laughs> like he never he lost. He would never that. lose, and then he'd get to the highest stage in the sport and lose to another elite team. And yeah. then people were like, well, this guy just can't coach. No, like, do you know how hard it is with the academic restrictions and things like that to recruit talent and win at an elite level at Notre Dame in the modern day? Like, yeah, that's an incredibly tall task. And the dude just well, they're, they found out this year, right? <laughs> right. And now, and like, now it didn't take long. LSU and takes over a program, a team, I guess, that they were either six and six or seven and five last year. And they're like, and I mean, they're going to play Alabama in prime time for first place in the SEC yep. West. Like that's, yeah. that's what they've got coming up. So he's, he's winning. He is winning at this sport. He is, he's doing it the right way. Yeah. See, I, and I've, I've said that for years and I've also said, I can't stand him, but I also say yeah, I he's a really good football coach. It's it, it goes both ways. So that's, that's, that's all the credit I want to give him. I think we'll, I think we'll move on to losers now just because I don't, I don't want to be nice to Brian Kelly anymore. Um, <laughs> unless you got some more, what you got any more winners? Uh, no, I mean, I think just real quick, I mean, you could throw Oklahoma State on there just because, I mean, just from yeah, that, that's kind of hit the Big 12 in general. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just Gundy winning another big game. Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I just, they, if they, one of these years, they're going to not lose that one game and they're going to be, they're going to be there. I mean, things, the chips could, the chips could fall right and, and they could still get back, but it's like, oh man, they're so close. Like, they got to win out. I mean, that's that simple. You just have to win every yeah. single game that's on your schedule and then see where it falls. Yeah. Which it, yeah. Like you said, college football stuff. Like you got to win all your games. Um, I'll start with losers. You and again, <laughs> I'll let you do Clemson. Since we both, I'll, since we both have them. I'll, we'll, I'll let you do Clemson. My first one's going to be Texas. And here's why they, they had built momentum. I, I said three weeks ago on the show that they still had a shot to make the playoffs. Going into the game Saturday, Texas had a 40% chance to make the playoffs. Like, that's where Vegas had them. Like, everybody agreed with me. Everything was out there. They were going to forgive the non Ewers games and all this. Uh, they had everything, you know, in front of them. And then they get beat by Oklahoma State. Nothing wrong with getting beat by Oklahoma State, but when you've already got two losses, now going from you got an outside chance to make the playoffs to three loss, three losses in college football is huge. Um, not that I think they're a bad team or anything, but it, it just, it's not a good look. Um, I thought, I thought it was a bad day for Texas. It was out there for the taking the incomplete passes, some mistakes. And the next thing, you know, you know, we're looking at a three loss Texas team. Then, and now it's like, not that they, they can't, now they're now they can just upset somebody. They're kind of like yeah. irrelevant as far as the playoff think, picture goes. I just think it's a different team away from Austin. Like I really just think that's yeah. what you have to say at this point because the two times they've gone on the road, they've lost. Yeah, um, you know they won a neutral site against Oklahoma where it was probably seventy percent their fans. So yeah. you know, but when they've gone away from home, and I know Ewers was out, but they went to Texas Tech and they lost. And now you know you go to Oklahoma State and you play far from your best and you lose. So until they show us. That they can go on the road and win, um, then to me, it's just a team that you have to fear when you play them in Austin. But other than that, you know, if you get them in your building, then you should probably win because they haven't shown that they can win away from home yet. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I agree. It's just like I don't know, it's just one of those like here you go, like show us what you're made of. Everybody's like giving you a benefit of the doubt, and then you lose. So, oh well, yeah, and then even I think they won in I think they won in Ames, um, but like or no, even the no, and that Iowa State game was at home too. So no, <laughs> they haven't won on the yeah. road. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I mean. It's good points. And 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 again, they're going to be fine. Like, Ewers got a lot of growing to do. Everything's good. But I, that's, it was a tough Saturday for him. So um, go ahead. Go, go ahead and start. The, well, we can have the Clemson conversation. Yeah, we can do the Clemson thing. Because, uh, you know, anyone with two eyes who watched that game, you knew as soon as A, Clubnick came in and B, when the officials started blowing whistles, you were just like, Oh, like this is like, this is over. Like Syracuse has no chance. Like they call, um, they call the really soft roughing the passer on Syracuse and give Clemson a first down on a drive that ended up ending in a touchdown. And then Syracuse on third and medium, uh, get their quarterback gets rocked out of bounds yeah. and they just, and they're just like, no, they throw him into the, the, first row of the stands and it's, it's like that's fine it was like no it's all it's all good and as soon as you saw stuff like that happening you just kind of knew but at this point like if syracuse dominated clemson up front which i think they did then yeah. what are the other teams that are going to be in the playoff going to do to clemson because we already knew coming in they didn't have a good secondary like we've talked about it all year because teams have been able to beat them through the air well if they're starting to get beat up front then what exactly are they good at yeah. I mean, they had to switch quarterbacks. They had to switch quarterbacks, so they're probably, they're not super good at that, apparently. And and their and their coach compared their quarterback to Steph Curry. Um, so immediately, I was like, "Well, that's panic mode." <laughs> like you're, yeah, you've no, really yeah. reached, you've really reached into the 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 bottom of the barrel. If you're like, all I have is like, he's like, "Yeah, Steph Curry has, uh, you know, cold streaks too." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> like, yeah, but this, uh, DJ DJ Curry. is not Steph Curry. <laughs> I was about to say, and does Steph Curry like sit out games like when he goes cold? Um, but I mean, honestly, no. Like, and you know, and you know, you're reaching when it's time. Like it's like, oh, like if we're gonna win this game, our starting quarterback needs to come sit with me. Like, yeah. So I just hey, they're not particularly great at anything. They have no. the, at this point their helmet registers. So as long as they win all their games, they're gonna get in the playoff. Yeah, but. Uh, you know what I, what I I said it when the, when we were talking about Oregon. I don't think that's true anymore. I I think that I think if Clemson wins out, but I think if I think TCU, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, with one loss can can jump Clemson unless they start playing better. Like if Clemson keeps stumbling through these games in the ACC and doesn't look any better, even if they're undefeated, I do believe that they can they can be left out of the playoff. I know it sounds crazy. I just always think the undefeated team will get the benefit. I know, I, me too. But but man, it's hard to. You know what? Like 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 you said, if like if, let's say Syracuse loses this week. Okay, then that that's gonna be that's gonna go against them. And then let's say Notre, you know, we already know Notre Dame is not great. So these all these other ACC teams, you know, kind of just like muddled up and lose a few games. Clemson's not gonna have anything to stand on outside of their helmet. Like I'm with you. Like I I totally get it. The benefit of the doubt. So, but I do think they can be jumped by a team that's that's playing really good down the stretch. I mean, but look at the like. I mean, look at the AP poll. 
I mean, we're still ranking TCU sixth in the AP poll, despite the fact that they beat Oklahoma and also a bunch of other yeah. ranked teams. And we're TCU them. would beat would beat Clemson by ten Saturday. I think. Yeah. Well, and like we even have bimbos. Like there was a newspaper reporter out of California that is such an unbiased and professional journalist that he gets an AP <laughs> vote and he put Clemson at one in his AP poll oh, on Jesus. Sunday. And if you put and if you put and if you put Clemson at one in your AP poll, you deserve to be you deserve to have your vote taken away from you. You should probably deserve to have your job taken away. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not yeah, because it and that's and we and we'll see how the committee values it, but. I guess we're going to start finding out. I guess it's the first week in November, so I guess we're only about one week away from starting. Yeah, we're close. And it, and it, but I'm with you. Like, like they're going. You're going to look at Clemson. You're going to say, what have they? The best thing they've done is just be in the ACC. Like that's it. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and I, you know, but the thing is though, like I would say that I would say that like about a Big Ten team, except for like Ohio State, and Michigan haven't struggled. Like if you know if Ohio State had struggled yeah. in their schedule, I would honestly op- have the the conversation about like yeah they're probably over ranked, but you know Clemson has fought through what isn't a great conference. Um, they they don't look the part, and especially like they don't they don't have the quarterback. Like you got to have the quarterback if you're going to win in college football. I don't know, I don't I don't know how you consider a team a playoff. You know can you know, or a team or a championship contender without the quarterback and DJ is just, he's just fine. Like he's just a, I don't know. Yeah. He, he got benched. I don't want to say he got benched versus. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's they're just, it's and the, and the league sucks. Like they're not going to get challenged again. I mean, and yeah. we're going to reward them. For, and this is another case again, like from the mountaintop, Another case for the expanded playoff. Expanded. Because then we don't have to have these discussions because if they get I'm in, with you. they're going 12 and no great. We'll be in the first round. Yeah. I we would, can just move on. No, no. I, I completely agree. I, every week it comes well, I meant down just to. Like, I meant like we as a national collective can move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, totally, I totally agree with you. Every week it comes down to we have these conversations about teams like Clemson or sometimes it's Notre Dame or whoever. And I'm like, well, let's just open it up the playoffs up a little bit. And we won't have to worry about Clemson taking a playoff spot or last year, Cincinnati taking a playoff spot or blah, 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 you know, on and on. Right. Because um, they'll get it and then we'll just, and they, then they'll play and then we'll settle it on the field. And yeah, that's all. I, that I, I, I totally and, this, and this is the case. Cause I mean, we're going to do the same thing this year. I think that we did, I think, I guess it was 15 um, or 14. Like, initially started this thing where like a one loss TCU got sent to Atlanta and a one loss Baylor missed the playoff. Like, yeah. and so all because it only again. Yeah. Only because they, they we're didn't just gonna play elite football teams out. Yeah. They didn't play a conference championship game and the other team was Ohio state. Like they they, they had yeah. like everything worked against them, but they were good teams that deserved a shot, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'll go and I will go to the like I've always said like and I'll stand by this that I thought TCU was the best team in the country that year with Teron Boykin and that whole group, and then they ended up going to a bowl game and playing an Ole Miss team that um, was not prepared to play, and they won by like forty five. Yeah, and then so, I mean, and then, yeah, exactly. And that that muddled everything up because then the team that got in that everybody complained about won the national championship. Yep. So like, it, if if a high state gets blown out by Alabama, which they were within seconds of doing that until they, you know, got their shit. It, if it wasn't for, 
one of Lane Kiffin's worst coaching performances. Um, yeah. that, that might have happened, and then we're having a we're having a it's a different world we're living in now. But thankfully, <laughs> Lane Kiffin uh, tried to run it up and kept putting the ball in the air. And you know, it's uh, funny. I was, I was uh, won a national championship. I to, yeah, I was listening to a podcast. And it was a former Alabama staffer that works with one of the media people down here at Oxford because he also worked at Ole Miss. So there's your connection. He, he was working at Alabama when Ohio State and Alabama met in that game. And some the Saints had a home game or something that week before that. Uh, so Ohio State was practicing at the Saints practice facility. And Alabama had been practicing in the dome, but because the Saints had a game, they had to just stagger practice windows and basically like, all right, like Ohio State's going to go first and then will clear out and Alabama will go after. So one of the, a couple of the members of the Ohio state staff at some point just decided to throw their opening game script in the trash for that game. And like Alabama found it. So they had every single like play that Ohio state was going to run for the first 20. They had their preferred third down calls against coverages. So like when they showed a coverage, they knew exactly what Ohio state was going to run and it just didn't matter. And it, Ohio oh. State, it just didn't matter. Ohio State just – they yeah. just ran well, it. Well, Alabama – well, that was back before Alabama valued quarterbacks like they do now. That that was the game to where Saban's like, oh, okay, now we got to start scoring points and then the rest is history. <laughs> I think it's three or four championships yep. later. <laughs> it's history. But. <laughs> right. I will say I will say that, like, there are some cracks in that facade right now. Like, I, I mean, you could even hear it a little bit, like, this week, just Saban, just and I'm not like I'm not doing. I swear I'm not doing. The dynasty is over. Like they're broken. They're done. They're not. But there are some cracks where you're just like this. Just doesn't feel like Alabama. Like yeah. it just doesn't feel. This season's Alabama team does not feel like a typical Alabama team. And even like Saban seems a little bit perplexed because you know he got asked about the whole Jermaine Burton situation because when he was running off the field, he um, have you seen the video oh, of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they asked him about it. They asked him about it, and like Saban went out of his way to defend his player. And it was just one of those things where it was like, you know, you like it just feels like Saban, who is so calculated and like knows exactly what to say in all situations. It just doesn't feel like the the calculation is there as much as it used to be. Like, yeah. and I don't, and I don't know that that means he's like lost a step or if they're just he. This team just has him really frustrated, but it does feel like there's some I, cracks in the facade. I think some of it is like they had to adjust to because like they were, you know, at the top of the mountain, all the advantages, everything. And I think the transfer portal and the NIL stuff, like it didn't since it didn't benefit them, it only it only took away. Um, So like they didn't there was no they didn't have a they didn't have a there's nothing to counteract it for them. You know what I mean? It only, it only, it only made everybody else rise up and it didn't, it didn't benefit them. So I think that I honestly think that that stuff has, has been a bit of a factor as far as even and out the playing field a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely could be. I mean, cause they already had all the portal, best players, you know I mean? They couldn't get any more. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't get any more players. So all they could do, all, it could only it could only bring everybody closer to their level rather than, you know, raise them up. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely true. And 
And I could be uh, we'll crazy. See where they go from here. They got a big one. They got a big one, and they have a, a massive, massive game in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're, and they're so. still a very good team. Like I keep saying that. Like they're still a, a very good team. I'm on record for saying, yeah. if they would have played a high state Saturday, I think Alabama beats a high state this past Saturday. Like that's like, I mean, I'm not sitting here saying Alabama's terrible. I just like they're just. Right. They, if they might be ten percent down from what they were, uh, another loser I had just to jump on it. You you talked about it. You had the other side of it earlier. Texas A and M, just again, mm-hmm. like just just can't write the ship. You know, you're supposed to have all this. You know, all the talk in the off season. Um, South Carolina was better. You know, from start to finish. So uh, I just put them in there as like just just another week of you know kind of being embarrassed. Feels like the only thing keeping Jimbo employed is fact. If we're being honest, yeah, like it feels like the only thing keeping him there is the fact that they can't afford to pay him on almost a hundred million dollars to. Yeah, leave. yeah. They basically, I think it's, I forget when they when they do the breakdown, like they got to keep him for a couple more years before it even makes sense. It's a, it's to a while. Him. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a while, and you know, and. I will. I mean, they're young, but still, when you have that many good players, I don't really care how old they are. Like, if it, if you had recruited on a similar level to a lot of other teams, and all your players were young, and theirs were two years older than you, I'd be like, all right, cool. South Carolina did not have thirty-five no. stars on Saturday. They did not actually probably have more than like one five-star on Saturday, right. and they're just as young because it's a blossoming program. They're just as young, way more inexperienced in terms of big games, and they just simply outplayed them. And yeah. so, yeah, and I, I don't know what the answer is. That's, the, that's like the fourth or fifth time that a team has outplayed A&M this year, though. Like, it's, it starts to become a pattern. It's not even an upset at this point. It's like you're getting outplayed on, on almost every facet of the game week in and week out. Well, like they may not even make a bowl game. I mean, if you look at the rest of their schedule, like I mean, it's there's it's not a guarantee. I mean, they're three and four. They host Ole Miss this week. They host Florida. I mean, three next and week. four. Texas A and M is three and four. Them and Notre they Dame haven't won a are, game in a month. They have not. They, their last win was a month from today. And the reason they won that game is because Arkansas's kicker kicked the ball off the top of the upright. They didn't even outplay them. The That's kicker just true. missed. But yet, the other side of it is they should have beat Alabama. Like, true. Well, I'm saying, like, I mean, it's, even then, it's like I mean, they, they should have, but like they could, they should have lost to Arkansas. But in in the same tone, they could have beat Alabama and still be three and four. And, my argument on that Alabama game was at least on their racket. That was in their hands. Execute it. The Arkansas kicker, that's not in their hands. There's nothing they can do. You gave up the oh, yards. Fair. They did exactly what they wanted to do and got exactly where they wanted to get to. The kicker just missed in a way that I have never seen in my life, which is off off the top of the upright. Not not oh. the top. <laughs> no, and the top. It, it doesn't even. I, so yeah, yeah, that was a they're bad fortunate. One. They're fortunate not to be two and five. Yeah, they could easily be fortunate three and not five. to be two and five. Wow. Yeah. And so then you host Ole Miss, host Florida, and then you go to Auburn, and then you have UMass, and then you host LSU. Like there's one yeah, win, there's one guaranteed win left in the schedule. That's it. At, at, at best. There's one so, guaranteed win you know left what? in that schedule. 
good for them. Uh, couldn't happen to a, a nicer, nicer program. Um, another loser the, I put on. They here. are just they are legitimately like I used to have a real. Oh, I was going to say they're the worst. Like I, they deserve more um, failure than just absolutely anybody. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, another one I put on my losers bracket, um, it, and it, like, I know that they're they're bad and they 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 played a good Ohio State team, but I mean, come on, at some point, Kirk Ferentz, like, ha- this some of this has to stick to him, like. You're 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 getting paid very well to be a head coach, and your team is one of the worst teams in college football. Like there's very few teams that you could be averaging nine points a game. It's probably not even that now since they could barely score last week. Uh, uh, Kurt Ferentz, that that was a bad Saturday, bad season. Some of this start has to start sticking to him at some point. Um. Yeah. I mean, he danced around. Nepotism walls to hire his son as the offensive coordinator. So when you yeah. do stuff like that and then you have one of the worst offenses in football, that's probably going to stick. It's I mean, so bad. It's the worst offense that I've watched this year. And I mean, I, I'm talking of any team I've watched, it is abysmal how bad that offense is. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's horrible. It's, it is absolutely atrocious on every level, on every level. So, so what other losers you got? I know you got to have some more in there. Um, I'm trying to think of who I, I already hit. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do feel – so I do feel for Kansas State. Like I had them in my losers column because you have an 18-point lead on the road with a chance to knock off an undefeated <laughs> team and yeah. claim – and claim your spot atop the Big 12 as a one-loss team, um, but undefeated in conference play. And really, almost because the winner of that game kind of, they didn't clinch, but with the way the schedules are, yeah, they're more likely than TCU is now to go to the Big 12 championship. And that was all in Kansas State's hands there. And just starting in that middle eight, you just – you just kind of throw it away. So I did feel for them. They were in my losers column. They have to turn around and play Gundy this week. So good luck, but weird shit happens in Manhattan, Kansas. So, um, you know, it was all on the racket. They were in my losers. Um, you know, the college football playoff was still technically within reach for them. I mean, you went out and finished as a 12 and one big, big 12 champ, and you're going to be right there. You're going to be up in the middle of it. Um, yep. so I did, uh, I did feel for them. Um, but yeah, I can. They're in my losers column as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a tough one. Um, it's 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 fun to watch them. I I kind of pull for them every week just because they're you know fun to watch. But yeah, everything you just said, I mean, uh, kind of nailed it. All right, so we'll move on to what we learned this week. Um, before we get out of here, here's what I learned this week: the transfer portal. I've said it before. Is absolutely completely 180 change uh, college football. I was, I was watching, you know, I tweeted this out. I was watching the afternoon slate. There was three big games on five of the quarterbacks had been through the transfer portal <laughs> out of six teams. And I'm like, Whoa, yeah. you, you, you had uh, I think, you know, yeah, yeah. Martinez for Kansas state. You got, um, it's just uh, Bo Nix, Oregon, like all these teams that are really good. Uh, LSU um, with um, Jaden, like it's just Ole Miss on and, and Dart. 
yeah, Dart Jackson, you know, Dart, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, throw South Carolina in there if you want. Um, it's just on and on. Like you look, you look across the country and these teams playing, I'm like, it is amazing. Uh, Quinn Ewers, um, technically went through the transfer portal, even though we all knew it was going to happen that way, but still that's, you know, he did go through the train. Yeah. I mean, he, he took the long way to get to Texas, but still without the transfer portal, he couldn't have manipulated it, you know, quite like he did. No, no shade. Like uh, he's in the right spot, but, um, I just started looking. I was like, wow, once you spread all these quarterbacks out, it's amazing that we have this many good teams at the top. So it just, you know, my takeaway from the week was like, man, that that has changed college football more than anything I've seen in my lifetime, more than the playoffs, more than the BCS, more than the NIL. Um, the transfer portal is just kind of uh, helped even the playing field more than anything else I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. And that's actually funny because it's like that kind of like I'll piggyback because like for me, every single week I've been the same thing over again. And this week just kind of reemphasized that this is the deepest in terms of number of quality teams that college football has been, yeah. had in my lifetime. I mean, like it, we're to the point now where like you, you know, we used to talk about how watered down five rankings would be. Because, like, basically teams 15 through 25 didn't matter. They were the same as teams 30 through 50. Uh, And in a sense, in a sense, that's still true. But now it's true because teams 15 through 50 are all super, super good. And there's just no more free weekends in the sport, which makes it better because we, we talk about making, wanting to make it feel like the season's longer and like we want to enjoy more football. And the way to do that, is to have more quality games. And so I think with – you mentioned the portal. I think NIL is going to factor. The playoff is almost certainly going to factor into this. Um, we're just going to continue to see programs build and be able to sustain success unlike we were able – unlike kind of the past. And so I just think that for the sport, that's such a positive. And I think that, you know, it just – it's something I seem to learn every week. Like, I mean, I talked about South Carolina earlier where you watch and you're just like, like this team's this team's really good. Like, this team yeah. does a lot of little things well. They're not they're not as talented as a lot of the teams they're playing, but, you know, they're super good on special teams. They return kicks. They block kicks. They do all this stuff. They play really good defense. They're well coached. And, like, so you get a lot of these different styles of teams that are all uniquely good and similar in all of their own ways. And I think that's going to create the parity that I think people seek and desire in college football. And I seemingly learn about new teams and like just new brands every single week by watching the sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool, especially like, you know, the big 12, like being deep pac 12, you know, being deep, uh, you know, the sec, like we really honestly don't know, like there might, there's five different teams that could win the sec, um, which is just incredible, you know, to, to, wrap your head around um we've already talked about like yeah let's let's go ahead and just add some more playoff teams because of you know all these reasons but um so um okay let's talk about even the g5 like even in the g5 we're seeing better football teams now like like tulane tulane seven and one ranked in the ap top 25 it's a a good football team team. and good Team. They and they, you know, were up thirty-five to nothing at halftime on Saturday. I was just like, "Wow!" Like now, that's how you make a statement. And like, 
like you finally get ranked. I think it's their first game ranked since 1995. Now that's how you come out and perform when you do something like that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, it's impacted the game top to bottom. It's incredible to watch. Absolutely. Now, uh, it's not a great, it's not a, I mean, we, we don't know how it's going to go like on paper. It's not a flashy week nine, but, um, who are you watching this week? Oh God. Give me a second. I don't, I, it's, you know, a lot of times high state, loses, high state Penn state, like it's kind of a given, like that's, that's a rivalry, like stuff happens in those yeah. games. That's a, it's a great news. Uh, it's game. a good one. Um, I'll be yeah, I'll be in on Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Uh, um, I see, yeah, I'll I see. Be in on that. That'll be fun. And then I'll also well, and then the big one for me is I'll be in on Kentucky, Tennessee at uh, at, at Milan. Oh yeah, uh, that's big a, rivalry that's... game in the SEC prime time. Yeah, Herbie and Fowler on the call. Um, I think, and I think there's still some stuff with Tennessee, like weakness wise, that maybe got covered up by the fact that they won and. Both teams basically had bye weeks. Kentucky had an actual bye week, and Tennessee played UT Martin. So yeah. they're both going to be like – both of them are going to have had two weeks to prepare for each other. Let's just put it that way. And so, like, we're going to get both coaches' best shots. And, like, I think Mark Stoops will have a really good game plan for how to handle that type of offense. And I don't know – and, like, I don't think Kentucky has the horses to pull it off. But I think Kentucky is going to go in there and be super competitive and be able to score points at that. So, and they've got a running back named by the name of Chris Rodriguez. Where if Kentucky gets yeah. their game plan and can really settle in and let him work, like that's the type of thing where they can really shorten this type of game, and that plays into Kentucky's hands because Tennessee's tempo is going to like it's going to lean into Kentucky's offense being on the field for more of the game. And Kentucky could really wear Tennessee down over the course of four quarters if they uh, if they can uh, establish that running game. This is definitely not this is definitely not who Tennessee wanted to play the week before they played Georgia. That is not who they wanted to play. No, that's a great point, and I've always said that about these high octane offenses because I see it with the high state a lot. I'm like, these offenses are awesome when they move like this, but they also put their like they put their defense on the field a lot. Even when they're successful, your defense is just always on the field. And, you know, that that's when you start getting you can kind of get, you know, beaten up a little, broke down a little. Like um it, it can work against you sometimes. Like I think that's a that's a very interesting matchup. Obviously I'm solely focused on a high state Penn State just because also just weird also Weird, crazy stuff happens when Herbie and Fowler are, are calling games. That's when all the cool stuff happens. So, oh yeah, no, that's it's a that's a that's a perfect uh, uh, night. I always watch uh, Florida Georgia. Um, I just yep. that's one of my favorite favorite big games. You know, the cocktail party, the whole deal. I always like that. Um, I don't. This is one of the few years. Not, I shouldn't say one of the few years, but I don't. I don't see Florida having a chance. Uh, in this in this episode of it, but um, I will be paying attention to it and I will enjoy it. I'll keep my eye on uh, Old Miss. I Texas think Georgia A&M. is figuring out who they are. Like I think they've somewhat figured it out, and I think that people should probably be a little bit afraid. Like I like I've oh, kind of seen. Okay. It I think that they're starting to click 
And it's if yeah. they can, like, if they if they come in, and we'll start talking about it next week if they beat Florida the way that they theoretically could beat Florida. Like I like I think they may hang like forty, and Florida may not score double digits. Yeah. Like I mean, I think I think we're maybe looking at like thirty point win type deal here. And if that happens, we'll start talking. Well, people will start talking about it. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like I say, it's not a it's not a flashy slate, but when you get this deep in the season, all these games like. Michigan State, Michigan looks like a no-brainer, but mm-hmm. I've also seen this game turn into like I've seen some weird stuff happen in that game. UNC Pittsburgh is probably going to be a fun game to watch. Um, it's just you know it's one of those things where like people are just going to be talking about the next day like wow that was crazy you know seven touchdowns from each team or whatever you know shit like that's going to happen. Illinois kind of just watching Illinois now um, to see how how yeah. good they can be. They play Nebraska, they ought to run through them. So like how 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 far can they push this thing? Like like there's some storylines at play, and then of course you know anything can happen in these games. So that's a it's, also it's, also it's gonna, a testament testament to how good coaches always like always adapt and never fail to adapt. Like adapt or die is a true saying. And like Brett Bielema went to Arkansas and failed by their standards, and is now at Illinois and has them on the verge of like a nine, nine or ten yeah. type win season. They're a they're a quality team right now, like instantly too. Yeah, and if you watch his teams play at Illinois and watch, and if you go back and watch his team play at Arkansas, they're not the same. Like they're not the same type of no. teams. They're not the same. Like it's not these big tight ends and fullbacks and all of this stuff and seven foot one 400 pound offensive lineman like he had at arkansas and he's got like i mean they have athletes they're running kind of a spread offense like it's a different team and so yeah you know adapt or die and brett decided to adapt yeah yeah good for him i mean i don't i don't care for the dude you know because of his years at wisconsin and all that but i but i I don't have a i don't root against him like i i again i can watch the team and be like every time i watch him i'm like Man, he he's done a really nice job with this team. Like it's pretty right. impressive. Um, you know, who knows? Uh, High State may get a shot at him here in a month. So wouldn't uh, that be something to watch in a Big Ten championship? It's, I mean, that it, it's out there. That I mean, it's a it's a strong it's, possibility. It's a thing. I mean, it's definitely a thing that they're gonna it's that they're gonna win. That, yeah, that they're gonna win their side of it. So, all right, man. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. That was awesome. I'm getting rid of my banner here. I always do that. Um, so, uh, Walker, you guys doing uh, field stormers this week? Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, as you, we're back. We were on Friday last week. We'll be back Wednesday this week. Sweet. Some real life kind of just moves the days around, um, but we'll be back Wednesday and uh, looking at. We'll look at week nine. I think we'll take kind of more of a more expanded look at week eight, especially given the yeah. slate of week nine, and then just some other stuff. We're getting close to coaching carousel season, which will make really good podcast talk uh, because we'll Absolutely. start getting rumors. We'll start getting job openings. We'll start looking at candidates, stuff like that, um, which will be really good podcast stuff. So we're excited about that. Um, and then check out, I like I've got some stuff up at off the ball network.com wrote some, wrote some baseball stuff today. Um, Chris Bolton and I are bringing back one shining pod for college basketball. It's basically going to oh, be nice. similar to you. It's going to be similar to Field Stormers in the sense that it'll be one week on Wednesdays. Um, we're probably going to get started. I think the soft 
tentative date that we've talked about is Wednesday, I think November the 2nd, uh, in terms of coming back. That's the Wednesday before the season starts. Um, so we should, we'll be back soon with that. Um, and then just everything else at off the ball network.com. Um, just, there's so much stuff going on and so many good, so many good people doing so much good work over there. So go check it all out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Walker Bailey 818. I think that's it. I think I covered everything. No, that's perfect, man. Uh, you're, you're a busy guy right now. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you doing this. Everybody go check out again, check out field stormers. Um, that's one of, uh, you know, the newer podcasts that Walker's got going on, uh, much more expansive, you know, college football, uh, podcast, even to what we're doing. And then, like he said, go to off the ball network and check out everything you're doing. I'm Jeff from Jeff needs sports. You can find me everywhere. You get your podcast. Thanks for any like shares, reviews, anything you can do, uh, for Walker, for me, we thank you and, uh, we're out.